is not just the knowledge of Jesus, but Jesus himself. Uh, we, we hunger after the presence of God, the power of God, the manifestation of his presence. He says where two are gathered, I am there, but sometimes you don't see him or feel him or experience him, and that doesn't work for us. We want to experience him when he's in his own house. It's one of the reasons why we invite people like Dennis to come minister to us, because Dennis, with Revival Cry Ministry, travels the world uh, with that passion, the presence and the power of God. So let's welcome Dennis Rainier. God bless you. Amen. How's everybody doing this morning? Amen. Well, thank you, John. God bless you, all of you. Uh, my name is Dennis Rainier. I'm from Bozeman, Montana. Um, it was really warm yesterday until um, today all of a sudden, huh? It cooled off, huh? Praise God. Uh, I have a, a beautiful wife who pastors a church in Montana and then four daughters. So I usually ask everybody to keep me in prayer as I'm the only man in my house. Amen. I know John says he has three. Um, he even wears a shirt to, like, lift up and show people everyone's. Oh, here he goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. You don't scare me. I have three daughters, huh? Amen, amen. So I need to get one. Just change that three to four. Amen. Uh, praise the Lord. We, um, we have several um, uh, ministries that we do besides Revival Cry, but one of the ones that we're going to highlight a little bit even today is that we rescue um, young kids, um, uh, children at risk, and, and young girls and some young boys also from sex trafficking. And um, one of the awesome things that we got to do during uh, 2020 um, and, and going into 2021 was we were able to rescue over 200,000 kids from sex trafficking. Amen. Hallelujah. And so one of the, one of the reasons why that became my heart really was that, um, the, you know, the Lord, um, you know, he just kind of put it in my heart um, with a friend, like, you know, if one of these were your kids, because I, I have four daughters, so I, I look at that and think, like, what if that was my kid? Yes, and I would hope somebody would want to do something if I wasn't able to be able to be there for, for them in some way and be able to rescue them myself or, or, to, or to protect them. And I just believe that's the heart of the Father. Is the heart of the Father. You know, as a matter of fact, in um, James, it actually says in the last verse of chapter 1, it says, undefiled and pure religion is this. You know, it's talking about religion in a good way, not necessarily in the way that we sometimes talk about it culturally, where I'm not religious, but I'm relational. But it's talking about the purity of God's heart is for orphans and for widows. And whether we recognize that even those that are being trafficked are oftentimes, they're really orphans because they've been, they, they have nobody that is able to parent them um, and to protect them and to take care of them. Somebody snatched them, and they're, and they're being abused because of that. Amen? Amen. And so, um, you know, we got to see God do more. Um, we, we've been doing this for over 20 years. And so, um, matter of fact, you know, some of, the, some of the kids, like in the Philippines, we, we've rescued over 200 kids in the, in the country there in Cebu, and we've bought land, you know, and we have a, a couple major, like, orphanages and stuff there, that, and, and we're housing these girls that are on the land there, but um, those girls as young as seven years old are, are being put in cages um, in, in back alleys, and people come from all over the world, uh, men, and, and buy them. You know, they buy them and they become their personal property. And it's too grotesque to even describe. You know, you don't need that even in your mind, the kinds of abuses and atrocities um, that these kids go through. Amen? 
you know, and, and I, I do believe that there's a connection because I'm not going to stay on this the entire um, time, but we'll come back and I think we'll have an opportunity to give into that and you'll be able to partake in that. Um, but, you know, where does the real compassion come from? It comes from having passion for him and him giving us his heart. You know, because to be honest, sometimes before, before, before I have his heart, where I have my own agenda and the own, my, the own, my own things, then I want to do what it is that I want to do, right? And, and, and I don't, sometimes I don't even want to see all that's going on in the world, honestly. I mean, I mean, I mean as Americans, as, as you, people from the United States, to be honest, we're, we're some of the worst of that because we, we like to think positive and we like to, you know, and, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that, but we actually don't like to think about these things and we sometimes don't even believe it. Because we don't, we don't have this kind of stuff happening sometimes in our own culture. So there's a lot of people even like, they don't believe that people have it as bad as they do sometimes in other countries if they have not been in those places. And it's hard to even imagine that, you know. And so sometimes we're just about our own agenda and what it is that we have until, the, until we get in the presence of the Lord. And to be honest with you, oftentimes I don't even know what is in my own heart until I get there. You know, I, I was saved for some time in ministry, and I probably shared this when I was with you before, um, and, and, and I had this major encounter with the Lord where I was spending 30 hours a week for three straight months with the Lord, and I didn't hear the Lord speak to me for the first three weeks at all. I was so mad at God that He was not speaking to me. I was bawling Him out, and, and the Lord didn't care about my tantrum, but I just laid before the Lord for a couple more days, kind of like, you know, several hours, uh, you know, probably six, seven hours for like two straight days. And finally, I heard the Lord speak to me, and he said, are you here to be with me, or are you just here to see what I can do for you? You know, like the Holy Spirit already knows, so like, <laughs> like the answer to that question. He wasn't looking for an answer to that question, right? Somebody asked me one time, well, what did you say? I didn't say anything. God, God already knew, right? See, I didn't know that was in my own heart. But see, really what I wanted was for God to just do stuff for me. There was things that I wanted him to do. I wanted him to make me look good or, you know, and, and God wants to know like whether you just want him because that's where you can really be used um, by the Lord is, is when there, you don't have an agenda and your heart can be filled up with just his heart. Amen. Um, you know, when I was here before, I spoke on a little bit about God gave me a vision about how he was aligning the prophetic mission of the church um, with the presence of God and the heart of God. And, 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 you know, there's an alignment in that. And just recently, I had like a part two to that vision. And I saw the eagle trying to take off again just to go do things. And, and oftentimes, that's like something that we're trying to do that is just like we want God to bless what it is that we're already doing rather than find out what he's doing. And, and, and I saw this big hand coming like kind of if you were to look behind below the clouds and the finger was pointing for the eagle to return. The eagle was trying to pre-launch before it had waited on the Lord. And if you go to Isaiah 43, it actually says there, it says, it says but for those who wait for the Lord. Say that with me. But for those who wait for the Lord. It's not just talking about waiting on God. It's talking about waiting for Him. Amen. In other words, what is he doing so that you can wait on him so that you can be in time and season with what it is that he is doing? Now, to be honest with you, that's something that's been really hard for me. It's hard to wait. I think a lot of us have that, right? It's hard to wait. We want to get doing 
uh, uh, something, and it talks about expecting and putting your hope in and, 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 and put it all in Him, right? And it says that you won't grow faint. You know, if you, those that run will not grow weary, and those that, that walk will not grow faint, right? You know, like anybody feel burnt out? Let, let, me, just, let me just say this with all compassion and, and, and the heart of Jesus. If you're burnt out, there's something that you need to do in your relationship with God. Because Isaiah 40, 31 is a prescription for burnout. It's about the presence of God. I'm not talking about like if you worked hard and you felt tired by the end of the day. Amen? We're supposed to feel worn out when we work hard for the day. I'm talking about where you have no hope, you have no vision, you feel weary, you feel a heaviness, you feel a fatigue day after day that never lifts the Bible says that if you're in relationship with God, you know, I mean, we, I don't think we recognize sometimes how we indict ourselves kind of when we walk in and we're like, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm kind of all right. You know, how's things going with the Lord? Well, you know, it's all right. Well, that means we're not where we're supposed to be in our own relationship with God. You know, I found that God, he pursued me when I didn't know him. But once he showed me himself and he revealed himself to me, he expects me to pursue him. Like the Bible says that, right? It's a promise of God. It says if you draw close to God, that he will draw close to you. Here's one of the things I believe that the Lord is doing and saying for the body of Christ today. I believe that God is going to fulfill promises in your life and in individuals in the body of Christ right now that are old promises. For those that have continued to wait on God. Five years ago, ten years ago, thirty years ago, promises that God has said to you, but you cannot see how it would be possible for God to fulfill those promises. And there is no way, like if you were to look at it, about how you could actually get those things to come to pass. But for those that continue to wait for the Lord, right, they're staying focused on what He's doing rather than just looking at the natural aspect of circumstances and situations, right? And, and I believe the other side of that is this, that if you try to actually accomplish things that God is actually um, not actually in time with you to do. You try to do it by your own flesh that you're not actually going to see it come to pass. You're going to have to wait longer. See, the word wait here, it actually does not mean like, like to wait for one season to get over and for another season to start. And in the natural right now, that's what a lot of us, even in the church, are trying to do. We, we really just want to get past all this stuff. And, and there, there's nothing wrong with that. But this word actually means something different. The word wait is really talking about being intimate. It's, it's really talking about fellowship. It's talking about how do you be close to God, right? Uh, my friend Justin was, that was uh, um, you know, doing worship up here. And he was talking about, you know, God. It was like, uh, you know, he came into the room and it was like his best friend came into the room, right? Yeah. Like a lot of us, we just want a word. Like, you know, we want a prophetic word and we want someone else to speak to us. And the reality is, you know, that God oftentimes, he doesn't speak to us always that clearly. Why is that? Because God's not after the same thing that you're after. And He's not after the same thing that I'm after. Like, God, God doesn't just give you the answer to something oftentimes. You know, God speaks in mystery sometimes. Why? Because He wants you to hang out. He wants you to linger longer. He's looking for you to ask some questions. Because, like, what He wants is He wants the closeness. He wants the connection. What we want sometimes is just the answer. And like, that's not what God's after. That's why the Bible says like, God shows mysteries to his friends. Amen? 
Like sometimes we just, you know, we're, we're afraid to get close to God. I think sometimes because we're afraid to get, we're afraid we'll, we have to face some things about ourselves. Like it's hard to be alone. And, and you have to face some things like about, you know, getting content with who you are and where you're at. How many know like, you know, how you know you're not in revival? Anybody ever thought about that? You know, somebody mentioned it today during prayer in Isaiah 6, you know. Um, Isaiah has this major encounter with God. And you know what? You know what? You know what it says there? He's undone. You know what I think? I think you're not in revival if you got it all put together. <laughs> you know, because that's how we do church sometimes, right? Sometimes when we come to church, you know, uh, and, and the pressure in, in religion can be like, you know, well, we got to dress right. We got to look good. We got to look, let's seem like we got it all put together. But like when you encounter God, uh, I mean, that's a good sign for some of us, right? If you don't got to put together, that could be an encouraging word, right? But like, uh, you know, here, like literally, Isaiah says, I am undone, right? I am not put together. Why? Because I see him. And in comparison to him, I am, I'm a wreck, right? He says, I'm ruined. What had changed in the natural? Absolutely nothing, right? But those who wait for the Lord, amen? You know, something happens. God changes your heart. He changes your heart. And now, all of a sudden, you become relevant, all of a sudden, there's a compassion that comes out of the passion for God to be able to show a heart of mercy, a heart of love and goodness and compassion for other people, that your life begins to take on meaning that's bigger than that which is just for yourself. Amen? And it can't come from something that you're able to conjure up because you can do good things, but the good things aren't necessarily the things of God that reveal His heart. You know, I was thinking about, you know, David in First uh, Chronicles 21. And I'm trying to be not too long here, but like um, David, um, he gets a word from the Lord basically that he's supposed to go to war. And think about that for a minute. You know, like, and so David, it says there in First Chronicles 21, and he, it says that he counted the men or he took a census to count the men. Now, I think about that and I think, like, I would have done that. I mean, it seems smart, right? I mean, like, if you're going to go to war, let's say there's 10,000 people that are going to come and fight you and your people. So it seems like, you know, the logical thing is, even if God said it, it's like, I should get some confirmation. Well, the church loves to get confirmation. You know, and to be honest with you, that's not really a huge biblical concept. God actually expected people to actually hear from Him, to have a sensitivity to Him and know it's Him, and then they would trust that. And the confirmation was that when he spoke, there was already a witness inside of them rather than trying to confirm what God was saying. See, so the confirmation was supposed to happen in the moments, not to keep asking for a sign over and over again. And so that's actually what caused God to be upset with David. God was upset with David. Why? Because he thought that David and him had the kind of relationship where David would just be able to trust him. There was a closeness. Instead, David wanted a confirmation, and he counted the men. So if the other people had 10,000, he's like, okay, let's see if we got 10,000, because then this will confirm that what the Lord is saying makes sense, that we at least have what it is that we need. As a matter of fact, if you go to First Chronicles 21, let me just read this, um, so you don't think that I'm making something up here. All right? Because sometimes people don't believe I'm trying to tell stuff to uh, the Bible. But here's what it says about God and David. It says, and God was displeased with this. And then in my Bible, because it's an amplified Bible, it puts in parentheses what it was that God was displeased with. It says this, reliance on human 
resources. Like this is honestly how we do church in the United States as a whole. We rely, we count, and we make sure that we have the strategy and the blueprints and the people and the resources to do what it is that we think. This is what actually displeased God with David, right? And David had to figure out how to like, how to try to show God he was sorry, but more than he was sorry, because like today, you know, the word repentance is like a bad word in church somehow. Like, uh, not here. All right, not here. John has spoken, and, and so now we know. But um, not here, okay? But repentance, you know, see, like, I'm sorry. Like, if I, if I go home and I do something where I'm short with my wife or I, I somehow, you know, act kind of gruff or something like that, my wife a lot of times, she'll be like, oh, wow, you got a bad attitude, right? And I'll be like, I'm sorry. And if I do that flippantly, my wife's like, I don't believe it, Right? <laughs> Because she, wa- she wants to know it's out of sincerity, right? Not just out of, like, the flippancy, you know? She wants to know not that I'm sorry, like, I shouldn't have done that. She wants to know, are you going to do it again? You know? Because if you're really sorry, you're going to think about it for a moment. And so God in David, David basically goes through this whole thing of, like, trying to, to convince God that he's not going to be that way anymore and he's going to trust him. And so he says, okay, I'm going to give you a sacrifice, and I'm going to give you a sacrifice, you know, that is going to show you that my heart is. And along the way, he gets tested, right? Because a guy named Ornan all of a sudden tries to say, you know what? Here, I'll pay for all of the wood. I'll pay for the fire. I'll pay for all the animal, all the sacrifices. You don't have to do anything. I'll take care of all the details and all of the financing of all of this. And David's like, no way. Why? David's like, I will not give a sacrifice that does not cost me something. It had nothing to do with the finances. It had to do with his heart. Like when I'm in revival, I don't care. Like I don't care about what it is that I've desired or what it is that I've earned or what position I've had. When I'm in revival, I'm like, oh God, you can have it all. I just give it all to you, right? And so that's what David wanted. So, you know, this is the first time, like, really in Scripture where, where, you know, God came down and just consumed the sacrifice. Fire comes, right? God comes down from heaven and consumes. It wasn't it, when it happened with, uh, with his son, you know. Um, you know, it was, it was when David gave a sacrifice that showed that his heart was all in, right? See, David was supposed to already know why. Think about David's life, man. That's that's a cra- that's a crazy life, like David. You know he 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 was in the shepherd field. He gets prophesied, and think about this: every single word that was ever spoken over David's life, it came to pass. You know, there's there's people in this room. You feel like if you know what God did certain things, you'd be happy. And to be honest with you, you'll never be satisfied, and you will never be fulfilled. Even if God answers every single prophetic promise in your life, unless, and one of those could be included, the presence of God. There is nothing else in your life that will ever, see you were created this way. You were created by God where this is the only thing that can satisfy you. I honestly, I feel sorry for people that have not learned how to connect with God. I've been there. So I know both sides of it. It's not about a place of condemnation. It's just like there is no possible way that you can ever live satisfied or fulfilled as soon as you get that thing that you thought that you wanted whatever place that you wanted to get in life all of a sudden you'll recognize this is not enough now what see david was in that place david was king 
He had everything that he wanted in his life. He had all of his finances. He had a beautiful wife. He, you know, he had all of the influence and all of the power. He could do whatever it is that he wanted to do because all of the promises of God were fulfilled. And you know what? David wasn't satisfied. David was not fulfilled. And you know what David wanted? He wanted to be back in the shepherd field with the sheep. Not necessarily literally, but what he wanted was that that time that he had with God, that time that was just him and the presence of God, that's what he wanted. And so David begins at this point, he begins to plot out a whole thing in First uh, Chronicles 21 about how to get the presence of God in his backyard. He wants the Ark of the Covenant in his own backyard yard, right? And so he goes to get the Ark of the Covenant. And as he's going to get the Ark of the Covenant, you know, um, he didn't really ask God. He just thought that it was important for him just to go get it. You would think, you would actually think that like, if you wanted just the presence of God, that that would be enough, right? But David doesn't ask. He just goes ahead and does it. And so he brings it back. And when he's bringing it back, most of you know the story, like Uzzah goes to, you know, steady the cart because the Ark gets ready to fall. And so God kills him. And David's really bummed because David cannot figure out. He's angry with the Lord, right? And so he leaves the Ark of the Covenant at Obadiah's house. We call him Obi-Wan Kenobi, whatever you want to call him. But so he leaves. He leaves the Ark at Obi's house. And, and he goes back to Jerusalem. And so it turns out, though, the Ark is at Obi's house. And Obi's being blessed. Like his whole house is being blessed. Could you imagine what would happen here, like, if we actually had the presence of God in our house? If we started entertaining and hosting the presence of God in our homes, we wouldn't be coming to church trying to figure out about how to get excited for God. <laughs> the excitement would already be here the moment that we showed up. Amen? I think we don't recognize, you know, like, the, 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 how we're doing things, and we're expecting somehow that there's supposed to be something that's happening when we're not entertaining it on an individual basis. It could have been a scary thing for Obi, you know, because after Uzzah touched the ark, but instead he's being blessed. So everybody in town's jealous. How many, how many know you're not supposed to be jealous of what other people have, but you're supposed to be jealous for the relationship that they have with God because you're supposed to be jealous. You know when you prophesy over people? You know what it's not supposed to do? It's not supposed to cause you to want another word. Not from man. It's supposed to cause you to be je so jealous that there is a place where people can hear from God that you yourself want that for your own life and your own relationship with God. It's supposed to inspire you to that place. So all these people are getting jealous because they know Obi's life and they know that the only thing that's different about Obi's life is the presence of God. And he's being blessed. His family's being blessed. His finances are being blessed. Everything's being blessed, right? So word finally gets up to Jerusalem and David finds out and David is jealous, Right? Why, he's jealous because he's like, that's what I wanted. It was my idea to have God in my own backyard. Why? So I could have access to him any time that I want him. Isn't it interesting that we have God in us and we take it for granted? That we can have access to him at any point, but we still choose not to be relational? Do you know that the average time that they say that even a minister spends time with the Lord is like two minutes or less per day? No, not, not John, not John, not John, all right. John, John, John's a, he, this church is unique, and John is unique, amen. All right, well, 
John's confessing a lot of things this morning before you. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, aren't you glad he's quiet and meek and, you know, mild and not willing to speak up? Amen. Uh, you know, but, but David gets jealous, and that's what he wanted, right? And so he does this thing. It says, the Bible says that he inquires of the Lord. What's that mean? He asked the Lord. What a noble idea. I mean, like, sometimes, like, God says stuff to us, and we don't really ever ask him. What do you mean, God? You know, you know the Bible says that he is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Bible itself says that God is the Word. A lot of times we want a Word, and we think that oftentimes that means that He speaks. Do you know, like, sometimes God doesn't have to speak. He just manifests in a different way. Like, what we're talking about when God speaks is that He communicates. You know, what you have to figure out is how does God reveal Himself to you? It doesn't necessarily look the same as how he reveals himself to everybody else. Say, well, I've never heard God because I've never heard the audible voice of God. Well, sometimes you ask people, you know, well, what do you feel like when you're in his presence? And people, somebody might say, well, I feel peace. Well, maybe that's what God's speaking. Like he is the word. Amen? So here David is, he, he, he's going after, so he inquires of the Lord. He wants to know what he's supposed to do. And the Lord tells him, the Lord says, you're supposed to use Levites. Well, why would you use Levites? Well, because Levites, it turns out their whole job is to make sure that they're ministering to the Lord 24-7. So it turns out that God actually doesn't want to be moved by a bunch of people that just want to get the mission or the result. God's not interested in just getting from where he was to David's backyard. He actually wants the journey to be fulfilled with people that want to be close to him and want his presence rather than just getting him where he's supposed to go. You know, I think about I think about like Saul. Like Saul was Saul was called to be king at one point. Well, he he failed, and then at one point David is now prophesied to be king, right? But eventually, like what Saul's tormented and he's afflicted. And what ends up happening? David eventually ends up being the one that comes and plays the harp and the lyre, and there's an anointing that causes him to have peace in the midst of the torment. You know what I believe? I I believe that Saul had to learn now how to live under another's anointing rather because he did not pursue the presence of God and live under the anointing of God for himself. Saul was supposed to have his own relationship with God, but because he didn't pursue his own relationship with God, but because he pursued his own way of doing things, He found himself in a place of torment. And the only time he had peace is when he came under another person's anointing, David's anointing. Like some people, the only time they have peace is when somebody else is encouraging them, when somebody else is empowering them. You know, you're supposed to have your own relationship with God. The peace doesn't just come when you come to church and when you worship. You're supposed to have access to that 24-7. You're supposed to live in a place of peace. You're supposed to live in a place of joy, right? We're singing about joy this morning. You're not supposed to just have to have somebody else conjure up joy. And because you experience joy because you're under the anointing of Justin, there is an anointed one. The Bible says the only anointed one that flows through Justin, that flows through John, that flows through me, that flows through many of you, that you're supposed to be able to have that all the time. Wherever it is that you go. Amen? We're always looking for, that's one of the problems I think we have in our culture. We're always looking for somebody else to be anointed for us rather than experiencing the anointing from him, himself. 
the anointing that is flowing through others is supposed to draw you into a place where you are experiencing it and living it out for yourself in relationship to him. God's not looking for a shortcut. Some of us, we look for shortcuts, but God just, he's not in a hurry. He's just, he's not insecure like we are, thinking that, I wonder if my life will count. I wonder if I'll really make a difference. God already knows he can finish the result. What he cares about is like, how do I get you connected? How do I make you my friend? How, how do I get you into a place where we're hanging out together? Amen? So David finally, like, he goes back and he gets the Ark of the Covenant, right? And I am bringing this to a close. But David goes back and he gets the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God. And he brings it back to his old backyard. And many of you guys are familiar with the story. This is where his wife's mad because he's not acting like a king, right? He comes in dancing in his underwear, his ephah, right? He's, he's naked. He's undone. He doesn't care about being dignified. He doesn't care whether he's presenting himself in the way that other people think he's supposed to be behaving. So his wife's totally embarrassed. But he doesn't care. He's just going to give it all, right? He's all in. And he brings the Ark of the Covenant. And he sets it down under this primitive tent. A few poles that are sticking up in this big canvas. And he calls it the tent, right? And he takes the Ark of the Covenant and he sets it down between what the Bible says are two cherubim, two big angels, right? And he sets it down. You know, and David does something that's really like out of order. Because Moses has a whole different way that everybody worships according to the model of Moses, right? And that was that he has a tabernacle where you have the outer courts. And then you have the inner courts. And then you have the Holy of Holies. And then there's a veil that's separated between the Holy of Holies and the, and, the, and the inner courts, right? And so priests would go in and they'd tie something around their ankle just in case they were in sin or right, weren't right with God. And so, and so David, though, instead of doing all of this, he breaks all protocol. He breaks all of the religious order about how he's supposed to do things. And he doesn't actually know how God's going to respond. And so David does this crazy thing, and he basically goes into the Holy of Holies because there's no separation, and he goes face to face with God. And it's like, this is what David is saying. David's like saying to God, if I die, I die, but if I live, I live. But I will not live without the presence of God one moment longer. If I cannot have the presence of God, if I cannot have you and your presence and a relationship with you that is close, then I don't care if I live anymore. And David just threw it all on the line. And it turns out that God liked it. <laughs> that God loved it. But David was willing to risk it all. Do you know what God's really looking for? He's looking for Christians that want to die. To have his presence. I believe in the finished work. I understand all that we already, we've already supposed to have done. But why do you think the Bible talks about choosing to die daily? Because we have to choose that we want him more than we want our own life. And that's what God likes. Do you know what God says about David at this point? This is when God says that David is a man after my own heart. It was when he wanted him more than he wanted his own life itself. I'm telling you right now, there's a whole world out there. There is a whole world that doesn't know Jesus and doesn't want what the church is offering right now. Because the church has not been a people that have been willing to die to their own agenda and to have his heart more than to have their own heart. Why do we think we have so much division in the church right now? 
Because everybody thinks their issues are the most important issue. They say the number one reason people go to church anymore is to find a place that, well, I don't know if it's the number reason why they go, but they, they only go to a place because they're looking for a place that agrees with their issues. Do you know why you go to church? <laughs> Hopefully to experience God, to have an encounter with God, because you need your issues <laughs> to be revealed by the heart of God about what is in His heart and what is not about your issues. We all got issues. I don't know why we want to go around exposing those to everybody. <laughs> right? This, this, this is the heart of God. God wants us to want His presence more than, more than we want our own lives. How else will other people see Him? If that, all they can do is see us. And we're mad about it. To be honest with you, I just said this to a bunch of people, and, you know, and, and maybe I'll never get invited back because I'm saying this, but you know. Um, and John will probably shout it out in a moment. Yep, you're never coming back. No, <laughs> I'm just teasing. Uh, um, we'll do it in private. All right, he's not going to embarrass me publicly. All right, praise God. Um, but, you know, who cares what your issues are, like what you stand for and what you don't stand for? To be honest, like I have a whole bunch of political leanings and stuff, I'm sure, but you know what? Nobody's asking me. The Senate's not asking me. The Congress isn't asking me. Joe Biden's not asking me. My, my point is this, it's not that it's wrong to have those things, but like we're so busy like declaring these things to people that it's just a waste of our breath. It's not changing anything. What, what we should be doing is, is focusing on him. And when there's an opportunity, if you get invited by Congress or you get invited by the Senate or something like that, all of a sudden you have that. But you know, when we have a heart that's his, the Bible actually says that our, our, our mouth would be slow to speak because we'd have the heart of God. Amen? The Bible says that the tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable. When we're just spewing stuff out. That, you know, isn't it really weird? Is it just me? I just believe the Bible. Anybody still believe the Bible? Um, is it just me? But like when Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing, I only speak what I hear the Father speaking. Is it just me, or does it feel like the church has this big butt at the end of that? You know, I used to preach a sermon, you know, it's good for us to get our butts out of the way. Amen? Because sometimes our butts are in the way, right, of what it is that God wants to do, because it's like, we're supposed, we're supposed to be trying to figure out if that's what he's saying. Not just saying it because it's what we believe. It takes the presence of God to soften my heart, to be in that kind of a place so that I'm not living for myself, so that I want to be a part of what, is he, what it is that he's doing. Amen? I mean, there's a lot of other things that we could do. We could do a lot of other things besides rescuing kids and rescuing girls and, and doing all of those things. But, like, what is God doing? Because that's what I want to be a part of. And what I want to be a part of is how do I get into his presence that, that, that now his heart is becoming my heart, right? That he's sharing mysteries, that I'm becoming a friend. Amen? Like, you know, I, I, you know, I found it, just to break a little bit of condemnation, but like, you know, I found it really hard to pray and to connect with God for a long time. Because every time I would go to pray, I'd find my mind wandering. So I'd go to pray and I'd be like, oh, I forgot to tell my wife this. Oh, I, I forgot to pay the water bill. Or, um, you know, I'm, I'm going through my to-do list. And so, you know, what happens is sometimes we start to feel guilty. 
And then it's hard to spend time with God, and it feels like a waste of time. You know, and so I had a friend that wrote a book, actually. It was called Praying the Bible. And when I started praying the Bible, you know, a lot of charismatics don't want to do that because they feel like they're supposed to be spirit-led. But as I prayed the Bible, you know, I'd start praying the Psalms, and my mind would focus. It gave me an on-ramp. And then out of that, I could start praying that to situations and circumstances as well and trying to make it applicable. Then pretty soon I was able to pray, like, from my heart. Now I was getting to the charismatic part, right? You know, because we want to be spirit-led, but we're, the reality is we're not always spirit-led. Because our mind is somewhere else. So we have to get ourselves back into a place so that we can figure out what the Lord is doing. And it was out of that place with the Lord, you know, that I was able. Like, like then I start, sometimes I'd be able to pray in the Spirit or I'd start to worship. And finally I get where I really wanted to get. Where Psalms talks about, be still and know that I am God. Because like, you know, for the most part, even though there's nothing wrong with it. But for church, we're kind of like we have a certain degree where it's hard to get quiet. If we get quiet for one minute or two minutes, everybody starts to get awkward and feeling a little bit squirmish. But the reality is, is I can't hear God. I can't, I can't sense what he's doing until I get to that place of stillness, right? One lady told me, she was so mad at me one time after I got into speaking, she said, she said, everything you said made me so mad. I said, oh yeah, I get it. Because it was on the presence of God, right? And just trying to connect with God. She says, I pray in tongues for an hour every day. And I very politely said to her, I said, well, do you ever shut up? <laughs> I don't know if I use those exact words. I said, it's pretty hard to hear the Lord if you're talking all the time, amen? Sometimes you actually have to stop speaking and you have to get in that place to be quiet. But it's not natural sometimes to just get there in the midst of chaos, amen? You know, it doesn't matter where you are. Like in your relationship with God this moment, God doesn't care about your yesterday. What he cares about is like what you're going to do right now going forward. Did I say that right? If, you're, if you've struggled in your relationship with God before, like how to connect with him, I don't mean whether you're born again. I talked about that last time I was here. There's a difference between just being born again and having the spirit of God like on you that there's a residue of his presence that rests on you, that there's a manifestation of his heart, amen, that others can see, amen? But like, like if, you, if you connect with God like that, yeah, it's really hard, God just wants to take you up a level. He just wants to try to get you to a place where you can connect more. If you connect sometimes and you don't connect other times, God wants to take you like way deeper. If, if, you're, if you're like really feel like you're on the mountaintop with God, God still wants to take you deeper, there's always so much more of himself that he wants to reveal to you, you and I are. Amen? Our hearts have to change for something that's other than for ourselves. Our culture is seeing a whole bunch of agendas from a whole bunch of church people that, that are not necessarily, that doesn't mean it's you guys, but I'm talking about a bigger picture. Amen? There's a bigger picture. People got, need to see the heart of God. They will not see the heart of God without a people that are not in his presence. And to be honest with you, I believe that it was God's mercy in last season that he did not cause some of the things that the church thought were the promises of God to actually manifest in our culture for a reason. It was God's mercy. He did not want people to see what the church was, was all about. The bigger part of the church. He wants, he wants to wait. And what he's waiting for is to show people. He's waiting to show people that will actually show him. 
He's waiting. It says, but for those that wait for the Lord. He's waiting for a people that are dead. That they're actually living out of the resurrection. That they're living out of the life of Jesus. That people would see him. Sorry, but that's the gospel. That's the real, that's, that's really what God wants. See, I want to be like David. I want to be like David that I want the presence of God more than I want my own life. See, David did all the other stuff. He took care of people. He was a good man. But it came out of the presence of God. It came, his heart was changed so that he ruled in a way that other kings didn't rule in his day. He took care of homeless and he took care of those that did not have someone else. He, he, he saw the goodness of God by being with God. It caused his heart to be softened so that his passion became compassion. That the same compassion that God showed him, like that became his heart. And he had that heart for others because God had it for him. Like if you're not in the presence of God, it's easy for your heart to get hard. And you and you start you start thinking that that you know without realizing it, it's not even something you necessarily think or you do. It's just it comes out of you because there's a hardness of heart that comes, and you start to treat because you need God to constantly. You need the fragrance of the Spirit of God to constantly be softening your perspective and 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 your and your feelings. To the place that you would have a place of compassion in the same way that he would have a compassion for others. Amen? It does not come just by deciding that I want to be compassionate. You know why? Because if I just decide to be compassionate, it may not be in my heart. It could be something that I'm faking or I'm going through the motions because I believe that God wants me to do it. But what God wants is he wants my heart to be changed. Because I've been in his presence. That when I do it, it's authentic. The world is looking. God wants to show people an authentic God. They want to show them the real deal. Amen. That's, that's what we need. We need to be a people of His presence like never before. We have to be not just a people of mission, but we have to be a people of His presence. And until we're a people of His presence, whatever else that we do, it will not have the fruit that it's supposed to have. You do know, like right now, I'm not being judgmental, but the church in the United States is not effective. We're talking about inviting people to church. The, we have a negative conversion rate in the United States right now. We ought to be inviting people to church, but we shouldn't just have to invite people to church because we need the church to get up and ask us to invite people to church. It should be our heart to want to see people come to Jesus. And to be honest with you, if you got in the presence of God, all of a sudden that would become your heart. Some people say, well, I'm afraid to evangelize. I'm afraid to tell people about Jesus. Well, you know what I found? When you actually get in the presence of God, that fear goes. You know why? Because you start looking at Him, and all of a sudden you're not really as worried about what everybody else is looking at. But if you're not in the presence of God, of course, we all get this way. Oh, my gosh, I want to be accepted. I, I'm afraid that person won't like me or they'll reject me, right? The only way I can break that is by getting in the presence of God. But my heart becomes His heart. And I want to please his heart. The more I'm in his presence, the more that I want, I want to do it. I don't think about it. It's just something that becomes a part of who I am. Amen? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be hard. 
I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to tell you the truth, all right? Because I've been scared to tell people about Jesus. And to be honest with you, I used to think that people shouldn't tell people about, or I didn't understand why people wouldn't tell people about Jesus, and it used to frustrate me. And to be honest, my whole thing has changed now. I actually kind of think, like, you probably should not tell people about Jesus, and, and you probably shouldn't witness to people unless you've been in the presence and unless the presence goes with you. Because you can't do anything by yourself. You have no ability to do it. Even if Jesus said, I can do nothing without the Father, then why do we think we can? I mean, really, why do we think we can? We have to be a people of His presence. If we're going to change the world, which it has to be that we've been changed. We've been so changed by His presence. And it's not just like we're okay, we got changed. It's supposed to happen encounter after encounter after encounter. That was the amazing thing about Isaiah, right? Isaiah's a prophet. He's heard from God. He speaks to nations. And what does he say? He comes into the presence of God. He has a fresh encounter with God. He's already had encounters with God. He says, I'm undone. I'm ruined. I'll never be the same. You're supposed to have that over and over and over and over again. Like you can never get there. There's always more. (laughs) And you know what? What you taste, and you see, you know what happened to and I promise I'm closing. You know what happened to Obi? The ark got taken back up to Jerusalem, right? And Obi and his family, they had tasted the presence of God. And Obi, you know what he did? He disrupted his whole family and his whole life. And he moved them to Jerusalem. You know why? Because they could not live without the presence of God once they tasted the presence of God. And say so they moved to Jerusalem because they, they could not live without it. I'm telling you, when you taste the presence of God, when you experience an encounter of God, it will change you from the inside out. You won't be like protecting yourself going, oh, you know what? I've got this and I've already had these accolades and I've already had these accomplishments. I don't care if it's in the church or where it is. All of a sudden you'll be like, I don't care. I have to have the presence of God. It doesn't matter what I have. I have to have him more than anything else that I have. Amen? All of a sudden, you'll run around the world or you'll raise money in order to see people being rescued because you're living for the accomplishment of another's heart and not for what it is that you're just trying to live for. You know what's so awesome about that? Is God himself actually is the blessing. All of a sudden, the manifestation of him on your life All the other stuff is taken care of. All God wants to figure out is like whether you want him more, but he can't be fooled. He can't be fooled. I didn't know that was in my own heart. Whether I wanted him or what he could do for me. I didn't know that was in my own heart. It took being in the presence of God and God outweighting me to reveal like his presence in a way and say, oh God, I give up. I want you. And when God began to change my heart where I wanted Him more than I wanted anything else, the other stuff happened. Matter of fact, I started begging God to slow down because there was so much that came out of that because His presence is the blessing. It's everything that you need already. He's already that. Amen? So Lord, we thank You right now for Your presence and for Your goodness and for the long-winded preacher that finally brought it to a close. Lord, I'm praying right now, Lord God, that you would help us to do what we cannot do for ourselves. We can't just conjure it up or make it to happen, oh God.
We need you. Whether we recognize it or not. We need your presence. Your presence is better than my own life. It is life. So Lord, we're saying that we want more. But we're asking right now, if you just lift your hands with me, just in a way of surrender, and just say, Lord, just repeat after me, Lord, I'm asking you to help me to do what I cannot do for myself. I can't conjure this up. Give me a greater hunger, a greater thirst for your presence. I'm asking for you for supernatural hunger to pursue your presence. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm praying for a special impartation that does not come from a man right now, but an activation from heaven, Lord God, that would cause people to all of a sudden have a sensitivity to you and to be drawn to spend time to connect with you, to taste of your presence, that they would be ruined and wrecked and undone forever, and that they wouldn't be bothered by it, but that they would enjoy it. (laughs) That they would enjoy that new friendship in the mighty name of Jesus. With all of our heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment, there may be somebody in this place, I don't know, that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Maybe you never heard a message like this. It's, it's more about the presence of God than it is about anything else. It's more about how do you connect with God and become his friend. Because he wants to be your friend. Maybe here this morning, maybe you made a commitment to Jesus, but you walked away from that somehow or you didn't continue to live with it. Or maybe you've never surrendered to Jesus ever. You've never given your life to Jesus. But today you want to make sure that you're right with Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and no one comes to the Father except through me. In other words, no one comes to God. Jesus is the only one that said that, except through him. Jesus wasn't just a good guy. If you believe in Jesus, then you have to believe that he was telling you the truth. And the word truth doesn't just mean right and wrong. It actually means reality. That God was trying to show people a new reality. He wants to show you a new reality. He didn't come for you just to get fixed up and to look good on the outside. He came to give you a brand new reality of who He is. And the Bible says this too. It says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Somebody reminded me today that my name spelt backwards is the word sinned. We've all sinned. (laughs) Dennis, anyway. um, Another Dennis told me that. Amen. (laughs) He got me, he got my, I'm ADD, praise the Lord. But Lord, we're all, we all need a Savior. We all need Jesus. None of us can do it and make God like us in and of ourselves. It's the blood of Jesus. It's by receiving Jesus. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I want to know this Jesus. I want to make sure that I'm right with Him before I go. I just want that kind of relationship that you're talking about this morning. If that's you and you're in this place this morning, and you say, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. I just want you to slip your hand up in the air and say yes to Jesus right there. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you right here. Some of you, do you know Jesus? Amen. You know Jesus? You already know Jesus? 
Amen. Ma'am, do you already know Jesus? Amen. So some of you are lifting your hand right now to rededicate your life to Jesus. Is that correct? Anybody else right over here? Thank you, Jesus. If you lifted your hand, would you just stand right where you're at? Would you just stand right where you're at right now? And we're going to pray just a prayer of rededication. Some of these, are, I, know, I know that they know Jesus because they're not standing up here in the front row worshiping Jesus if they don't know him, right? So I'm not, there's no points in heaven for me trying to do something that is different than what God is actually doing. Amen? But right now, we're going to pray. Extend your hands. Everybody else that's in this place, extend your hands toward those um, that are standing. Lord, we pray right now, Lord God, for those that are standing in this place right now. We pray, Lord God, that there would be a supernatural confidence that would come upon them. For them to know that they are yours. You said that you are sheep, that they know your voice. Lord, give them a confidence by speaking to them and helping them to know who they are. Right now, I just want you to repeat after me. We're just going to pray a prayer of salvation. Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my heart and to forgive me of my sins. Today I've decided that I want to die. I want to die to my old life. And I want to live a new life. A new life in you. I want to be your friend. Help me to connect with you. Make me brand new. Holy Spirit. Hmm. I can't do this without you. So I ask you to help me. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you all the praise and all the glory. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. I will never be the same. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord a big hand? If you prayed that prayer and you've never prayed it before, then then God has come into your heart. He's forgiven you of your sin and you're made brand new. If, if you're just rededicating your life to the Lord, then just take it to the next place in your relationship with Him and sell out and live for Him. Amen? I'm going to pray over one person right now and then I'm going to give the mic back to John and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to minister over people prophetically and, and, and in terms of healing and things as well. Amen? So would you just stay with me just for a moment? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just pray right now for this woman right here in the name of Jesus. And I just feel like the Lord says that he sees that your heart has been broken. And the Lord says that I am with you. And the Lord says that you have beat yourself up with guilt and with shame, thinking that somehow you were supposed to do some things different. But the Lord says that the way that you were treated was not how you deserve to be treated. And the Lord says the rejection that you experienced was not the rejection that you deserved. The Lord says that you are actually far better off now than if things had gone the way that you were, that the way that you thought that they were going to go. The Lord says that I am with you and I am going to restir and I am going to cause dreams that were in your heart to begin to come to pass for you for the very first time. The Lord says that even as you put another above yourself, the Lord says that those words that have been spoken to you and been rehearsed in your head, they are not mine. And I am reminding and I am resurrecting words that I said to you from the very beginning. The Lord says that you should hold your head up high. And the Lord says, I will not only take care of you, but I will take care of those that you are to take care of. 
Lord says, do not be fearful. Do not be full of anxiety. And the Lord says that even family that does not understand, the Lord says that I will begin to cause there to be restoration with them in the mighty name of Jesus. Mighty God, show this mighty woman your love in the mighty name of Jesus. And the Lord says there were some things that happened when you were young that caused you to settle or to believe that somehow that you deserved less. And it caused a cycle of repetition, but the Lord says that was never your fault. And the Lord says that you looked the other way because you didn't want to see, because you didn't think that you deserved more. But the Lord says, I am still going to give you the very best in this season. I have not caused you to settle for second best, says the Lord. Mighty God. I'll give her healing, Lord God. And I just feel like the Lord, he wants, he wants to take away the waking up in the middle of the night, like even the, the haunting and the dreams in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Give her the ability Lord God, to have peace even as she sleeps. All the anxiety come out. Torment and affliction, you take your hands off in Jesus' name. Peace and joy flutter right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to say two things very quickly. Number one, uh, she uh, and I spent time last week, and she told me her story, and all of that was deadly accurate. So that's the gift of prophecy in action right there. I don't want to stop the flow. So all I want to do is say that um, as Dennis continues to minister, let's uh, honor the prophet with the prophet's reward, which is uh, our offering to him. Okay, so you can give. Uh, I'm taking an offering for him right now. Uh, and it's not just for Dennis. It's also for his ministry to those caught in uh, human trafficking. As we're in our To the Least of These series, this is one of your ways of reaching out to the least of these is through Dennis. And so you can give by writing a check, make it out to GPC and put Dennis in the memo. Every penny will go to him. You can uh, and put it in the offering box out in the fairway. Fairway. And the breezeway. I want to be on the fairway, but we'll call it the breezeway. You can also write a check, GPC, and send it to our PO box, which you can find online. Um, or you can text 84321 and uh, choose uh, special offering on the website. You can give, choose special offering in the drop-down menu. Um, and so uh, do that. Dennis, come and keep, continue ministering. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Could, could we do something a little bit different? I'll pray over people as we do this, but um, can we come together to the front? And make a stand for the presence of God that we want the presence of God in our lives. There's something about coming together corporately to say that we want God together as a group of people, amen, as a family, amen. God wants to do more, amen. He wants to do more. And I'll minister over some more people. Um, I don't know if I'll get over everybody, but we're going to pray over people and minister over them, amen. But just lift up your hands one more time. And my brother, he, he, he could flow with me a little bit. Just try to flow in and out with me um, as, we're, as we're doing that. But just, just tell him right now with your own mouth. You don't have to say it loud. It doesn't matter how. But just tell him how much you want him. How much you want him. How much you want his presence. How much you want him to do the new thing in you. Mighty God, there is none like you. There is none like you. Lord, we want more. 
We're here to say, Lord God, that we want more. We want more of you. We want more of your presence, oh God. There's none like you. I think I just ruined the offering, didn't I? I just thought about that. I, uh, I had everybody come forth when they were supposed to sit there and give. Amen. Lord God Almighty, we want your presence. Yeah. <laughs> Even more than we want an offering. We want your presence. We want your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Just just sing a, sing a song with the, to him for just a moment. I don't want to... Can you can you leave this song there, Justin? Just a second. Just just put your heart put your heart on him. Put your heart on him. Hallelujah. He's caught up in the presence. He didn't even know he's supposed to lead. Hallelujah. Caught up in your presence. There it is. <laughs> I just wanna sit here at your feet. Tell him, make it a prayer. Caught up in this holy That's it. Jesus, Jesus, you don't owe me anything. Make it your prayer. More than anything that you can do. I just want you. Do you mean it, church? Do you mean it? Oh, singing, I'm sorry. When I've just gone through the motions, I'm sorry. When I just sing another song, so take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. We open up our hearts. I'm caught up in your prayer. Thank you for this woman right here in the name of Jesus. There's fire in your head right now even. And the Lord says that I am doing something brand new in this season. And the Lord says that you did not expect to be in this position or in this place in this moment. But the Lord says that I have... I have put people around you that would hold up your hands and to give you strength in this time. The Lord says not to worry about where it is that you would go or what it is that you would do. The Lord says that this time has been set aside in order to restabilize and to recalibrate you for the next season, says the Lord. The Lord says that I am taking you out of this place and I am setting your feet upon solid ground, says the Lord. 
And the Lord says that I am delivering you. The very things that had held you captive and the very things that you did not know how to get free from. Not only did I bring you into a place of freedom, but freedom will live inside of you and it will never hold you in a place of bondage again. Freedom and liberty, nightmares, go in the name of Jesus. Peace, come all over her. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. The Lord says that I will begin to make a way forward even when it looks like there is no way. The Lord says even as you clean your slate and even out of a place of brokenness, the Lord says I am bringing wholeness. And the Lord says that the accusations and the Lord says that even the things that it feels like that was taken from you, the Lord says I will make a way in order to give back to you what was taken from you. The Lord says that I see your pain. But the Lord says it will only be for a season. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are not a failure, says the Lord. You have felt like you failed. But the Lord says that I am going to do more. This will be your turnaround moment, says the Lord. The Lord says this is going to be your coming out moment. And you will have a testimony that will begin to cause. Uh, you're going to take, ooh. You're going to take people that are, I just feel like there's going to be a deliverance thing that is going to be on you. Even from substances, you're going to cause people to come out of it in Jesus' name. <laughs> mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. We give you praise. We give you glory. Lord God Almighty, right here, Lord God, for this mighty woman of God. She so wants you. <sighs> and the Lord says that you have been one that is sacrificed in this season. And the Lord says that you have had desires, but you have put those desires on hold because you have said that I will not move forward unless I know that it's you. And I feel like the Lord says that you came out of a season of brokenness where you were hurt. And the Lord says that you did not deserve that hurt. But the Lord says that I caused your heart to be turned toward me. And the Lord says there is a radicalness about who you are. And the Lord says I am saving. I am saving you the best that I have because you have saved the best for me says the Lord. And because you have sacrificed the Lord says that I am going to allow you to do what everybody wants to do because you have done what others would be unwilling to do. I have seen it says the Lord. There is a creativity that is in you says the Lord. And the Lord says I will promote you and I will lift you up and everything that you put your hand to it will be changed and the Lord says that I am putting the Father's blessing upon you and the Lord says that even though you felt like you were always striving after and wanting the approval of the Father the Lord says that I will give you my approval and I have already given it to you and the Lord says where it felt like this somehow that you never had that and somehow that you had to overcome that the Lord says that was never my heart and the Lord says not only will you have the Father's blessing but the Lord says you will cause others to know that they have it. The Lord says that you will never be the same. It will feel like it was a bad dream, says the Lord. But it will not even feel like that it is your life. And the Lord says that you will watch hearts melt. As the Lord says, the orphan spirit that has tried to plague you from past days, it will never be your future, says the Lord. 
mighty God. And the Lord says, even the thing that happened to you when you were a young girl, the Lord says, that that was not me. And the Lord says, I have a heart to protect. But the Lord says, because you were unprotected, the Lord says, the Lord says, it's not because there was something wrong with you. The Lord says, it was not because you did something wrong. The Lord says that I I love your heart, but the Lord says that there will be a heart of justice that is inside of you. And the Lord says that you will have a voice and you will have a trumpet that will, that will speak on behalf of people that cannot speak up for themselves. And the Lord says that you will cause people to be delivered from the same things that you came out of. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Do not settle for less in Jesus' name. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. There's none like you, Lord. And Lord, I just feel like even for this young man right here in the name of Jesus, I just feel like the Lord says, even as, as I was speaking over her, I felt like there was something even in terms of the Father that God wanted to give to you as to in terms of that Father's blessing. And I feel, like the, I feel like the Lord says that he wants to give you a new confidence and a new courage in this season. You've seen yourself as one is, that, 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 that does not necessarily feel like that they can do they can, function at a certain level. I feel like the Lord wants to say that he's breaking off the pauper thing that has been on you. And the Lord says that I'm going to make you a man of many firsts. The Lord says, I'm going to cause you to do what the lineage and the heritage before you has never been able to do. You're going to be, there's a heat on your head, even as I'm beginning to say this. And the Lord says that the confusion that has been in you, the Lord says he wants you to know that other people like you, but you have felt like that sometimes it is hard to fit in and know how to fit in. But the Lord says that you were never meant to fit in because you were called to lead and you were called to be out front. And the Lord says that there is a heart of compassion. There is a heart of sensitivity that is inside of you. And the Lord says that very few people know that because it's been inside of you. You're a hard worker, the Lord says, and oftentimes you will serve others. But the Lord says, I put some things inside of you. You understand how things work and how they come together. There's a gifting even toward technology and even towards things and how they understand. And the Lord says that I will birth things in you and I will cause things those things to come forth. You're not meant to just sit under another. The Lord says you're meant to birth things and start things. There's an entrepreneurial thing that is inside of you. And the Lord says that you will use that and you will cause that to bring people together and you will begin to cause their lives to be blessed. But not only will their lives be blessed and blessed financially, but the Lord says that you will use that to be a father to others, says the Lord. And the Lord says where there is an absence of that, the Lord says you will be that to others and you will be known as an equipper of men. There will be a closeness there will be, there will be a, a bonding together, the Lord says. There will be something to do with you will cause men to become men in this season. In Jesus' name. Whoa, mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. There's none like you, Lord God. And for this mighty woman of God right here in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, I just break off all of the, the memories, Lord God, of past seasons. The Lord says that you're not to look back. The Lord says that oftentimes the enemy tries to get you uh, um, to, to beat yourself up over, over times and a season that you came out of. The Lord says that I do not look at that and I'm not even thinking about that. The Lord says that you deserve my love. You have felt like somehow you don't deserve it. You're not even sure sometimes if what it is that you've been given is real. But the Lord says I have given it to you. Mighty God, that same orphan spirit is being broken off in the name of Jesus. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. As a matter of fact, there's some that are close to you 
um, that they don't understand what it is that you're doing right now. And they have criticized it, and even in terms of family. And the Lord says that I brought you out of that. And the Lord says that don't worry. The Lord says that those that have misunderstood you, that they will understand you in this season. As a matter of fact, there is a wall up with somebody that you really wanted to be close with, but they have not understood. And the Lord says, don't worry, those walls are coming down in the next four to six months. And the Lord says that you're going to get a phone call that you did not expect. And there's going to be a restoration. There's going to be a reconciliation. Matter of fact, there's something with family even that was said, even an accusation of some sort that was made and they did not believe. But the Lord says that I will cause, I will cause the new faith to rise up and for them to believe and it will be exposed and it will bring freedom to you and all those that are around you in Jesus' name. Mighty God, mighty God, do not look back. Do not look back in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just feel like the Lord right here. Lord, I just pray right now, Lord God, for you to give this woman rest and sleep. I pray for healing in her body, hormones to align right now in Jesus' name. Adrenals, thyroid, right now be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And the Lord says that there is a there is a there is a, a, a an ability in you to love people, and an ability in you to uh, care for people. And the Lord says that you do relationships well, but the Lord says because some things did not go the way that you thought, that somehow that you don't feel like that you do. But the Lord says that I need you. And people like to talk to you. And people like to tell you things that you sometimes do not even really want to hear. It's like that you're an ear to that. But the Lord says there is counseling and there is might that is inside of you that has the ability and a weightiness to set things straight for other people, says the Lord. The Lord says that I am healing and I am bringing hold. That when you speak, there would be an ability to cause there to be clarity in that for other people's life. The Lord says do not be shy and do not be afraid to speak up in the name of Jesus. Jesus. You have not been disqualified, says the Lord. The Lord says, I have not disqualified you, but at times you have felt like you have somehow disqualified. You're not just supposed to send this out. There's things inside of you that you see, and there's a great discernment in you to be able to set things right in the name of Jesus. Mighty God. And I just feel like the Lord says there are prodigals that are coming home. The Lord says you have prayed, and the Lord says that you have felt like that somehow that you're responsible, that somehow even for the way things have gone and where it is the thing, and the Lord says you have not failed, that it is not your fault, and the Lord says that your prayers have been heard and they have been answered, and the Lord says that there are prodigals coming home in Jesus' name. <laughs> Mighty God, we give you praise, we give you glory. There's none like you, Jesus. There's none like you, Jesus. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. Just lift your hands with me one more time. We lift your hands with me. Would you do that? Sing it one more time. Sing it to him. We're going to keep praying just a moment. Just trying to keep you connected for a moment. Connect with him for a moment. Connect I'm with him. Caught up in your presence. It's not about the words. It's about his presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. Caught up in
Thank you, Jesus. If you want to, you can. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Make it your prayer. I just want you. I just want you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, the, the, the prophetic is not meant to be something that we're looking to when it's, it's, in terms of that being the thing that we're after. It's supposed to inspire us to say, you know what, I want to hear from him for myself. And I always struggle at a certain point of feeling like when I prophesying over people or ministering over people, that we can make it about that rather than making it about his presence. I, I'm, only, I'm only doing this if I'm right in any way. I don't really care whether I'm right or not. That, none of that matters. I do this so much. For me, it does not really matter anymore. What, what, what I want is I want people to want him. The church will never become what it needs to become if it's just about a particular person. Amen. And he wants to speak to you. He wants to capture your heart. He wants to give you the ability to minister to other people because you're ministering out of the presence. You're ministering out of a place where your eyes are set on him. It's not a man. I do this all the time, so it's a lot easier sometimes. You don't have to do it in front of a, you know, in, in, up front like I'm doing or anything else. But God wants to have his own relationship with you. You don't have to wait to, 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 to have somebody to come, but you can have it for yourself. And I'm telling you that that's what God wants. He wants you to want his presence. Somebody just asked me. They just said, uh, there's a bunch of people that have been asking me, like, how do you have revival? And then people said, I'm, I'm in a, one guy's associate pastor. He said, I've been ministering um, in a traditional church, he said. And he said, how do I get my people into revival? And there's only one answer. And there's only one answer for you. It's, it's, it's not the giftings, even though the giftings are awesome because you can stir the giftings. There's one answer. If you want revival, you go get with the presence of God and you don't come out until you have an encounter. Amen. You have to have your own encounter. And I don't mean that like that doesn't mean you can't go to bed or you can't eat. I'm just talking day after day, you have to go after God until you have your own encounter. And so, you know, one guy, uh, he said one time, he said, well, a pastor said, well, I think it takes about a week oftentimes to just be with God if we haven't been with him to kind of get rid of all the stuff that we want 
God to do in terms of our own agenda where we just finally want Him. For me, it took three weeks. So I was way worse off than most. I'm not telling you how long it takes. There's no time limit. I'm just telling you, you've got to be in revival yourself. And when he said, well, what do I do for the church? Same thing. I got to figure out how to get as many people as I can that will go into the presence of God and not come out together. If all of us here, we would do that, this church would be so on fire. Because you know what? You can't be with fire and not be on fire. It's impossible. He is fire. There's no such thing as somebody that's been with God that's not on fire. If you've been with Him, you're on fire. You can't even help it. You cannot do anything not to do that. If we all did that, oh, you guys would be scary. And some of you are already scary. Amen. And John's not scared. And he's got three daughters. (laughs) Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. I'm going to keep praying for a couple people. Lord, I thank you for this one right here in the name of Jesus. The Lord says that there's some things going on behind the scenes that you haven't even really shared. And the Lord says that you're not even sure what to do. And the Lord says that you've been afraid to do anything, but the Lord says, the Lord says that you can't fix it. The Lord says the harder that you try to fix it, the worse that it will get. But the Lord says that if you would take your hands off of it, the Lord says that I would do more than you could ever do. And the Lord says that you have come to that place where you've thrown up your hands. But the Lord says you have to allow me to change the heart of another. The Lord says that you cannot do it. But the Lord says I see the pain, I see the suffering and all that you have gone through. And even the loneliness, but the Lord says that I have not left you alone. And the Lord says watch what I will do in this season. And the Lord says, even as you look for another to be able to somehow have the thing to say or the thing to do that would begin to unlock, the Lord says, the Lord says, this one is going to be between you and I. And the Lord says that the report that you were given is not my report. The Lord says that things are not going to look the way that you think that they are going to look, says the Lord. The Lord says that that report is not my report. I have not forgotten you, and I have not abandoned you, says the Lord. Mighty God. Lord, I pray right now, Lord God, for her to be made whole. Lord, I pray for healing. I pray for wholeness in her body right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God Almighty. You thought others would stand with you, and there's been some that have not that you thought were closest to you. But the Lord says, I have compassion on whom I have compassion, and I have compassion on you right now. And the Lord says, by his stripes you are healed. By your stripes he is made whole. Every cell, every condition of blood right now, in Jesus' name, be made whole. Jesus, 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 Jesus. There's none like you, Lord. And Lord God, for Dennis, Lord God, sin spelt backwards right here, Lord God. And his wife, Lord God, I just feel like the Lord says that he is realigned in this season. And it felt like that's, there has been past seasons that the Lord says that I am reconciling 
and I am bringing them back together to do the greatest thing that I have ever done in and through you. And the Lord says that even that which feels like has been scattered and that which you do not know how to reconcile, the Lord says that I am giving second chances and I am causing those that felt like that they have been unable to hear and unable to receive from you in this season to have an open ear and the Lord says that I will reconcile their hearts back to you even though they have not understood what it is and where it is that I have taken you today says the Lord and they have not even understood what it is that I have put together says the Lord but the Lord says that I am about ready to give you your best ideas says the Lord and the Lord says that I will use that and I will cause there to be fruit says the Lord and the Lord says that I will cause there to be provision on that which is, seems like it's been in a place of stagnation and it has been a place of hold, says the Lord, that the delay will be broken and there will be a release of what it is that I would do in this season in you and through you in Jesus' name. Mighty God, get ready for some, some new input in some places that you didn't expect it to come in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. What's your name? Judy. All right, Lord. I pray for Judy right now in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Mighty God. <sighs> Breathe on her, Lord. Hmm. I just feel like the Lord, I don't know if this is a heavenly thing or an earthly thing, but I feel like the Lord says that there are about ready to be some legal things that are going to be decided on your behalf. And the Lord says that the Lord says you have been like one that is not necessarily speak up for yourself or try to defend yourself. As a matter of fact, you even tried to let some things go and 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 just to trust the Lord. But the Lord says in the letting go, there was another that tried to press the issues in the pressing. It became more complicated. And the Lord says that I am causing that complication to become easy on your behalf. The Lord says it's being handled. Get ready because the Lord says I'm about ready to bless you and bless you beyond measure. And the Lord says that that which you have invested, the Lord says that it will be above and beyond. And the Lord says you do not have to figure out how to take care of everybody and how to try to protect everybody in the midst of it. The Lord says that I will cause it to take care of itself. Do not carry the worry. Do not carry the burden that you're carrying because you were never meant to carry it, says the Lord. Get ready. The Lord says that, the Lord says that, the Lord says that oftentimes that that you have felt like that you were meant to be behind the scenes or in the shadow. But the Lord says that you will no longer just be behind the scenes and be in the shadow. The Lord says that I'm going to be bring you to a place of up front. And the Lord says there will be a new authority that will be on you in this season that will begin to lead. There's been some things in your heart that you have not been able to see come to pass. And it's because you have been, you have not been the main voice, says the Lord. But the Lord says you have been freed up to be the voice in which I have called you to be. There has been a lot that has been internalized, but the Lord says that I do not want you just to continue to internalize. The Lord says I want to release it externally in this season. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God. Mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. I just feel like for you, mighty woman of God, right here in the name of Jesus. The Lord says that I am pulling you together with others that have a similar heart. And the Lord says that this is a season in which there will be a bonding together, the Lord says, for what it is that I will do in the future. And the Lord says that not only am I healing that which you went through in this season, the Lord says, 
the Lord says that I am preparing you for something bigger and something better. The Lord says that there is heritage that has been on you. And the Lord says that somehow that the enemy has tried to steal that heritage from you and made you to feel like that you've been stripped of the dignity that I have given to you. But the Lord says that I am going to give it back to you, that everything that has been stolen, everything that has been taken, the Lord says that I will give it to you. And the Lord says that the one, the one, the one that somehow tried to take that from you, the Lord says, the Lord says that I will cause them to be jealous of you in this season. Because I am doing a new thing. I break off the fatigue. I break off the weariness, even feelings, Lord God, of depression at times, Lord God. The Lord says that those feelings there are not your feelings. The Lord says it has been an attack from the enemy. Like the enemy has tried to kick you when you're down. But the Lord says that is not who you are. And the Lord says that you have been a friend. The Lord says to others, even when it was that you were hurting. And the Lord says that I I am rewarding that in this season. And the Lord says he's going to give you a, 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 a mind to know, an ability to discern. And I see like, I, I feel like that, that, that parable of even the one that would plant and would invest. And I just feel like, I feel like that God's going to give you an ability to see increase in this season. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord God Almighty. I feel like I'm supposed to pray uh, for this woman here to sleep at night. Lord God Almighty, Lord, I just pray, Lord God, for sleep at night, Lord God. I pray for her body, Lord God, right now to be healed, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Every cell come into alignment right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I don't know what she's been through, Lord God, but I just feel like whatever she's been through, Lord God, it's like her body, Lord God, is somehow like it's recouping. It's like um, it's, it's like had side effects, Lord God, uh, um, from, from whatever it went through in the name of Jesus, Lord. I just pray, Lord God, that all those side effects, Lord God, any hindrances, Lord God, from illness, sickness, disease right now, in the name of Jesus, be broken. By your stripes, she's healed. By your stripes, she's made whole. Every cell made whole right now in Jesus' name. Autoimmune, we break you right now in Jesus' name. By your stripes, she is healed. Be made whole. Lord God, no more waking up at night. Full night's sleep tonight and every other night. In Jesus' name. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. There's none like you. There's none like you. Rest. Rest. Hope. 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 Hope all over in Jesus' name. Whoa, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. Anybody get anything out of this morning? Anybody get anything out of tonight? Let's sing it again. Hallelujah. Sing it again. Sing it. Let's press in for one more moment. Sing it to him. We'll go right after this. Just sing it to him. I just want to sit here. That's your prayer. Make it your prayer. Make it your prayer. This holy moment, I never want to leave. Oh, there he is. Oh, I'm not here for blessings. Jesus, you don't know. Just want him. 
Nothing else will do, Lord. I'm just going to pray over one more, and then I'm going to give it back to John if he wants to release you. If you want prayer, though, I can stick around and pray for you. Amen. This isn't meant to be a show, like in terms of, so it's okay, but I want you to know that God speaks. Amen. So, Lord, I thank you for this man right here in the name of Jesus. And I feel like the Lord says that I am reconciling the past with the present in this season. And Lord says, in the past, the Lord says, where others did not understand what it is that I was doing in you and even through you, the Lord says, I have realigned you in a place to be able to position you in the place that I always meant for you to be. And the Lord says, even the collateral damage, the Lord says, of the past, the Lord says that I will cause it to come together in this season. Get ready for relationships from the past and even the present and the future to begin to come together as this becomes the most fruitful season of your life, says the Lord. And the Lord says, even before as I was doing things in you, the Lord says, I have changed and I have begun to align a heart to be able to accomplish what it is that I would do inside of you. And the Lord says that not only has there been blessings from the past, but the Lord says, I will use it in this season in a way that is different than before. And the Lord says, I have been exposing and I have been to you. The Lord says, I have been exposing and I am removing blind spots. And the Lord says, as those blind spots are being removed and revelation is being given, the Lord says, it's allowing you to move into places, places that would cause there to be an ability to bring together and to gather in order to launch in a more strategic way than ever before. Get ready, because there are strategic places, the Lord says. that There are assignments that the Lord has given you that will be under the radar kind of assignments. And the Lord says that I have brought you into a place and prepared you where no longer do you need to be seen, the Lord says. There was a day where you needed to be seen, but the Lord says no longer do you need to be seen, says God. And the Lord says because of that, I can take you into places and I can bring you behind the scenes, the Lord says, and I can begin to speak into places that would have more effect than it would ever be from a place of the public, says the Lord. Mighty name of Jesus. There are strategic, there are nations, there are places, there are leaders, and even here, Lord God, even with, I feel like there's something to do with business, and I feel like there's something to do even in terms of government, and, and I don't say that usually all three of these, but even in terms of ministry, that God says that I will uniquely position you in a way to bring those pieces together to do what it is that I have as a bigger thing that I would do. In mighty name of Jesus, we give you praise and we give you glory. There's none like you, Jesus. There's none like you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Give the Lord, give the Lord praise. He's a good God. I'm giving it back to John. If you need prayer, I'll be happy to stay for you. If you need prayer for sickness or something, if you want something from my table, Mark will be out there. 
Uh, God bless you this morning. Yeah, so if you want uh, to continue to be prayed for. If you guys want to continue to be prayed for, just stay here. Um, I just have some admin stuff I got to knock out. Um, and uh, if you haven't given the dentist, I wanted to honor him to make sure that he is well taken care of. So again, you give it offering at 84321. If you want to text it, you can give on our website, uh, gatheringplacechurch.org. You can write a check, mail out the GPC and put it in the box or mail it to our PO box 1078. Um, so great day. Amen. Dennis. All right. Sorry, Josh, I keep, I keep calling you. I just shows that uh, the Lord. I got to learn to.